so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. So this morning's reading, um, like Nietzsche said, comes from John 15 verses 9 through to 12. And um, this is Jesus speaking. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remained in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Thank you, Tony. I encourage you to join with me in prayer again as we uh, jump into this uh, word. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, we have been given such a, a rich deposit of truth. And so over the next uh, few moments, Lord, as we jump into uh, your word, I pray that you would speak to us, not through my words alone, but by your spirit. I pray that we wouldn't come to your word and go away unchanged this morning. Uh, so I invite you in this time to open not just our ears, but our hearts, our spirits, our soul, uh, everything that is uh, within us, Lord, I pray that you would open us up to hear your word this morning. And we invite you to come and have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so we've just finished up a series uh, journeying through two chronicles called the Kings of Judah. And so this morning, uh, rather than start another series before the holidays, I, I just left some space uh, to share this morning, uh, something that's not a part of the series. And and so uh, you may have seen these words before, uh, the Jesus one, hopefully, uh, but, but this collection of words together, loved by Jesus, sent by Jesus, love like Jesus. Uh, you should actually see them on the top of your bulletins there. They're there uh, every week, sitting there. And so what these are is essentially it's, it's, it's what we hope to be the ethos or, 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 or the, the heart of our church. We've, we've got a mission statement and we've got vision statements, which I'm not going to journey down uh, this morning with the time we've got, that are, that are more about a strategic plan as we, as we pursue as a church. But this is, this is more, uh, I guess, what we want to see our culture be. It's actually, uh, you, you will have seen these uh, verses of Scripture up on the side of the wall here and they look great and, it, and it's nice to have something creative in our space but, but those verses actually mirror these statements that we're loved by Jesus, that we're sent by Jesus and that we're called to love like Jesus. And so it's my, hurt, my heart that we increasingly become a church, become individuals that know that we're loved by Jesus, that know, as Brianna shared, that she knows now that she is sent by Jesus, and that we be a church who are all learning together how to love others like Jesus. And so this morning, I just want to take some time, and 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 many of us are new to this church family over uh, you know a, a period of time where I haven't actually spoken about these themes. Uh, I have before, but I haven't spoken about them uh, recently. So I just wanted to take this time this morning. Uh, we've got a, a few moments left to dig into. Uh, these core things that are at the heart of who we are called to be as God's people here in Yass. And, and so the start of what Tony read this morning was, was John chapter 15, verse 9. And this is a, a, 
perhaps one of the most profound statements of all of Scripture. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me. And so the example of love he's using, the, 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 uh, the, the test of what love looks like that he's using is the love that God the Father has for his one and only perfect son, Jesus Christ. We'll remember the Father's words at Jesus' baptism where he says, this is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. The, the, the example of love that, that Jesus is using is the love of God Almighty, the Father for God himself, Jesus the Son. This is the love that is shared amongst the Trinity. This is perfect, unblemished love. The kind of love that we might expect, not that we can really understand, but the kind of love that we might expect amongst the Trinity, amongst these perfect beings. But Jesus is saying, as the Father has loved me, with that perfect, unblemished love, so have I loved you. The perfect love that's shared and exists amongst the Trinity, amongst the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit is extended to you and me and all of us through Jesus. The next verse down from what Tony read this morning in John chapter 15, verse 13. Tony stopped where she was meant to. She didn't stop short. It's not. It says this. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. So Jesus didn't just talk about love. He didn't just say, yeah, as the Father loved me with this perfect, unblemished love, so I've loved you. He didn't just talk about it. It wasn't just words. He demonstrated that his love is greater than all other love by laying down his life for his friends. And he goes on to say, you know, I've, I've been calling you servants, but I'm not calling you that anymore because, because I've let you in on all that I'm doing and saying and all that the Father has known I've revealed to you. And so now I call you friends. And his love is demonstrated in the laying down of his life. In 1 John 3.16, not John 3.16, but in 1 John 3.16, It says this, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And so this is how we know what love is. That Jesus gave himself for us. He laid down his life for us. And in John 15, 9, he says to remain in that love. The Greek word for this word can be translated in a number of ways and it's often translated as abide. We could translate it as stay. We could translate it as, as wait in. We could translate it as continue in. The message uh, paraphrase or whatever we call it translates this word with a phrase that says make your home in my love. 
And so the thing is that, that Jesus is saying that he loves us with a perfect love, just as the Father has loved him. He's extended that love to us. He's demonstrated that love in laying down his life for us, in, in giving of himself 100% completely for us. And then he says, remain in that love. Abide in that love. Dwell in that love. Stay in it. Continue in it. Make your home in that love. The Greek word, and I can't pronounce it properly, that's why I'm not saying it, but it's like meniate or something like that. It's a verb. It's not passive. It's not, it's not the idea of not, not moving on from there of just, just, oh, I'll just stay here then. It's an active dwelling, abiding, remaining in a refusal to move from that place. And so Jesus is saying, I love you with a perfect love, just as the Father has loved me. Do everything you can to stay in that place of love, of knowing Jesus' love. And so this is what I want us to know as a church. This is what I want you to know as an individual, as your pastor. What I want you to know above all else is that you are loved by Jesus. You are loved by Jesus. Jesus doesn't just love everybody. It's true, he loves everybody. He doesn't just love everybody. He loves you. Uniquely individually, intimately. And he calls for us to stay in that love, to dig into that understanding and experience of that love. It's not a love that you have to earn. When Jesus says, abide in my love, remain in my love, he's not saying, try, try to keep your standard of living high enough so that, that I keep loving you. His love is given completely and freely we just simply need to stay in it. And so we are loved by Jesus. And so my heart for us as a church is, as I said, that we would know that and that, that my prayer for us as a church is what the Apostle Paul prayed over the church in Ephesus in Ephesians three, sixteen and onward. He's recorded that for us and he says, I pray. I pray this now, Father, that out of your glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you may, sorry, that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And so that's my prayer for us as a church, that we would know this love, but I want us to grasp this, this thought that this love is high, it's wide, it's deep and long. And the paradox of what Paul prays here is, is that we would know that love, but then in the very next breath he says this love surpasses knowledge. And so my heart and prayer for us as a church above all else is that we would know that we're loved by Jesus. But at the same time, if we think we know 
the love of Jesus, if we think we've, we've kind of understood its length, its breadth, its width, if we think we've, we've kind of come to terms with how much Jesus loves us, then, then the Apostle Paul's prayer reminds us there's more. And so this is not so much a destination that we arrive at. I, I, I hope and pray that if you don't know it this morning, that, that you do know when you leave that you are loved by Jesus. But, but it's not so much a box that we tick or a destination we arrive at, but a lifelong journey of discovering more and more and more. How much higher, how much longer, how much wider, how much deeper Jesus' love truly is for you. And so we're loved by Jesus. And we're also sent by Jesus. A few chapters over in, in John chapter 20. Verse 21. Actually, I've got this one on the screen. I don't know why I'm looking at it. John chapter 20, verse 21. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and this is now post-resurrection. The verses we had before from John 15 were pre-execution. Now Jesus is talking post-resurrection, and he says to his disciples, after he's kind of miraculously appeared in the room, he says, again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, I've loved you. Now he's saying post-resurrection to his disciples, to you and me, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. We are a sent people. We're called to remain, to stay, to abide in Jesus' love, but, but we're not called to stay put. In that sense, in, in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, Jesus sends his disciples. This is a, again post-resurrection and he says in verse 18 of Matthew 28, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and, and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And so we are a sent people. As, as the Father sent Jesus into the world, Jesus has sent us into the world. He said, go. He said, all authority is mine on heaven and earth. He's essentially saying, this is the trump card. It's like when you're playing 500. Who's ever played 500? I have to explain the rules a little bit. So, so there's a hierarchy of cards and you might have a bower and you think, oh, I'm going to win this trick. But then someone else has the joker and it's boom. It beats every card. There's no winning against the joker. No matter what else has happened in that hand, no matter what else is trumps and whatever kind of things are happening in the game, the joker beats everything. Jesus is saying all authority in heaven and earth is mine. Whatever I say beats everything else anybody will ever tell you whether from heaven whether on earth and he says go 
Go and make disciples. Regardless of what your job description is, um, Renee's just been doing a clean-up at home. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but Rob was the secretary of the church when I arrived, and, and so they've discovered my initial contract with my job description on it. But regardless of what that says, my job description is go and make disciples. I'm a sent person. Regardless of what your job is, whether whether you feel a direct call to Kenya as a missionary or, or, or to the nations as a missionary or whether you're a butcher and you cut up meat for a living and it tastes good, I recommend it. <laughs> but your job description from Jesus isn't just cut up meat, it's go and make disciples. We're a sent people, loved by Jesus, sent by Jesus. We're not a social club. Our gathering is so important. Our worshipping together is so important. But we're not a social club. In 2 Corinthians 5, the Apostle Paul's talking about his sense of sentness and uh, I'd encourage you to read 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 20, but I'm just going to pick out verses 14 and 20 this morning uh, where the Apostle Paul says, For Christ love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And then down in verse 20, he talks about what he's actually compelled to do and he says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Christ's love compels us. And so here's the thing. If we aren't compelled, if we don't feel a sense of compulsion that we're sent to the world, that, that, that we don't feel a sense of compulsion to let the world know that Jesus died for all and so therefore all have died in him and have hope of a new life in him. If we don't feel compelled to implore the world around us to be reconciled to God, then, then we haven't fully grasped that we're loved by Jesus. Because if we fully grasp that first truth, the first thing about who we are as a church, that we're loved by Jesus, if we fully grasp that, then we'll be like the Apostle Paul and we'll say, I try and keep it in sometimes, but, but Christ's love compels me to go. Because we are a sent people. And so the question is not, are you sent? The question is not, are we sent? The question is, what are we sent for? We're sent to go and make disciples. In Luke 19.10, Jesus says, I have come to seek and to save the lost. And so if we're sent as Jesus was sent, that's, that's what we're sent for as well, to make disciples, or in other words, to seek and to save the lost. The question is not, are we sent or are you sent? It's who are you sent to? You'll have often heard me speak about the 6,000 plus people that we're surrounded with in Yass and even more in Murrumbateman and in Bookham and Bynalong who don't know Jesus. We don't have to seek too hard to find the lost, I can assure you. We may be uh, like Brianna who's, who's felt this sense of call to mission to overseas and specifically within that in this season to Kenya. 
God might put a particular group of people on your heart. He might put a particular school community on your heart. He might put a particular street or, or it might just be the people who are your neighbours next door to you. It might be the Yas Valley. It might be your workplace. But the question isn't, are you sent? It's what are you sent for and who are you sent to? In this passage that we're looking at, John 15, further down, in verse 16, Jesus says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. And so we're appointed to bear fruit. We're meant to be fruitful. The kind of fruit in context here that Jesus is talking about is kingdom fruit. Yes, I believe that that God wants to bless us in our finances. Yes, I believe he wants to bless us in our health. But but the kind of fruit he's talking about here is is the kind of kingdom fruit, the making of disciples, the seeking and saving of the lost. People been reconciled to God. And so we're loved by Jesus. And if we fully comprehend that as much as we can, as I said, we can't fully comprehend it. If we think we have, then then we've fallen short of how much there is because there's always more. But but if we get that we're loved by Jesus, then then we'll be compelled with this, this sentness by Jesus. We're loved by Jesus. We're sent like Jesus. And ultimately, I believe we're called to love like Jesus. In John fifteen twelve, which was the, the last part of what we had Tony read for us this morning, Jesus says this, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Elsewhere, earlier in, in John's Gospel, this is recorded as Jesus describing this as a new command. A new command, I give you, love one another as I have loved you. Now, the command to love one another is is as ancient almost as the Bible itself. There's nothing new about the command to love as as Jesus was exploring uh, or or as a a scribe was exploring Jesus' teaching around around the law. Uh, He came to Jesus and said, what's the greatest commandment? And, And Jesus quoted some of the oldest portions of Scripture and says, love God with your whole heart, with your whole mind, with your whole spirit, with your whole strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. This command is ancient, but what's new about it is the as I have loved you. Jesus has now given us an example of the kind of love we're called to love others with. See, we're not called to love each other within the church and those beyond the church. And and here, especially in context, Jesus is talking about the love amongst the disciples, but elsewhere he talks about the love that we should have for our enemies, the love that we should have for those who persecute us. See, it's not just my deepest resources of love that I'm called to extend to others. If I'm brutally honest, that's a pretty shallow pool. My capacity to love runs dry pretty quickly. I'm getting a solid nod from my wife on that one. (laughs) But I'm not called to love like Nick can love. I'm called to love like Jesus loves. 
I'm filled with a spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the spirit that Paul prays would work within us so that we can comprehend the, the length, the breadth, the depth, the height of Jesus' love. That same spirit enables me in an increasing sense as I dwell in that spirit to love like Jesus. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 12, not John, but 1 John. The Apostle John expands this thought out for us, this idea that we're called to love like Jesus. And he says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. It doesn't come from within us, it comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And so here we see this again. If we don't get that we're loved by Jesus, if we don't get that God loves us through Jesus, then we don't have the capacity to love others. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that, he, that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And so John's expanding this thought out. God loved you first and so that you should love. Love doesn't come from within you. It comes from God who's expressed that love in the sacrifice of Jesus. He's saying, if you get that love, if you understand that you're loved by God through Jesus, if you're loved by Jesus, then, then we should extend that love to others. We abide in that love, we remain in that love, and we're called to love with that same love for others. To love as Jesus loved is to love in a way that is unreserved, that is extravagant, that is sacrificial, that is without discrimination or judgment. I've just been on my pastor's retreat group uh, for, the, for the early part of this week um, and something that we do every year. And, and one, of the, one of the other pastors in the group was just chatting in general conversation around dinner and he just had the thought, I wonder how many of us would let the people Jesus let near him, near us. And the example he used was that of a, a prostitute coming into the house where, where Jesus was eating with a Pharisee and the prostitute, and he described it in, in, in the language of what was really happening, came and started crying on his feet and rubbing his legs. How many of us would, oh, this is a bit awkward, and shoo that person away? To love as Jesus loved is to love without discrimination, to love without judgment, to love in ways that are meaningful and tangible, to love beyond words. A few chapters earlier in, in John chapter 13, we're, we're given that, that story where Jesus washed the disciples' feet. A, a basic and simple act of service that, that was well below his station as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords for sure, but, but a basic, simple act of service. And in 1 Corinthians, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians, in John 13, 1, we're told as an introduction to that act that Jesus now showed them the full extent of his love. 
for us to show others within the church community and the world around us the full extent of that love of Jesus that dwells within us sometimes just looks like basic acts of service. Simple things that we may at times think are below our station. To love like Jesus loved is to love in a way that is tangible and real. So this is my heart that would be the ethos of our church. That we would know that we are loved by Jesus. That we would know and grow in our understanding that we are sent by Jesus. We're not a social club. Though much social happens amongst us and should that's not the purpose for our being. And that we would know and learn and grow in our ability to love one another within the church and to love those outside of the church like Jesus. So it's all about Jesus. That is what the word Christian means. It means to be like Christ to be in Christ in every single way. You can't have Christianity without Jesus. So I want to invite you this morning to stand and we're, we're going to have a time of worship um, with a final um, little bit this morning. We've got some time before Kids Church finishes up. And so I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know if you're in the space of thinking, yeah, I know that, you know, Jesus is supposed to love me, but I'm not sure he loves me. Then I'd, I'd love the opportunity, I'm going to pray for all of us, but we're just going to create the, the, the opportunity out the front here as we finish with a worship song. As, as I said, we've got time before Kids Church comes out and, and those who would normally come and pray, I just want to invite them to come and pray. There's going to be an opportunity in a space just to come and receive ministry. And so if you're in that headspace of, I know the theology. I know the theology. Yes, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible told me so. But I don't know it then I'd love for you to come and, and just receive some ministry and we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit because I can't convince you of that with words. Only the Holy Spirit can convince you of that in your heart. And so if you don't know without a doubt that you're loved by Jesus, please come and receive prayer as we sing. And maybe you know that, but, but you're like, oh, I know I'm supposed to be sent, but I don't, I don't, I'm not compelled. I'm not compelled. Or I don't know where or who or how, then, then I'd love for you to come and receive prayer and, and just to receive a commissioning from the Holy Spirit. To receive what Brianna shared about this morning, that sense of passion, I must be salt and light. Or if you're like me and your capacity to love is a shallow pool, if, you, if, you, if you're aware this morning, I really need to grow in what it looks like to love like Jesus, then 
the Holy Spirit's really good at that too. So I encourage you to come and receive prayer. I'm going to pray for all of us. We're going to sing. And I really encourage you, if you, if you want to receive prayer this morning, if God's stirring in your heart as we've talked about these things, then uh, we'll come over this side, away from the kids' church noise, and, and we'll pray for you. Hmm. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love of Jesus. I pray this morning that, that each of us here this morning, I pray as well, I, I include our children and our kids' church leaders who are not in this room at the moment, that we know that your spirit can blast through doors. I pray that we would each know the height, the depth, the width, the length, the breadth of the love of Christ. I pray that each of us would feel and know your call. That we are sent. I pray for commissionings this morning to workplaces, to streets, to communities, to council areas, to neighbours, to nations. Father, I pray for commission. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would enable us and teach us to love others as Jesus has loved us. And it's in his name, in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.